1: Welcome to In the Nest, the Illinois State Athletics podcast. Now, here's the voice of the Redbirds, John
2: Fitzgerald. Welcome to In the Nest, the official podcast of Illinois State University Athletics. John Fitzgerald's going to take this episode off, and it is truly my honor. I'm Greg Hallblide, by the way. Voice of Illinois State University women's basketball. And since that's our topic of conversation today, I'm going to take over the reins just for today here on the Xfinity Mobile Redbird Sports Network from Learfield. The honors were announced just this past weekend. It's not like she wasn't already a Hall of Famer, certainly at Illinois State University, then the Missouri Valley Conference, but now nationwide, the women's basketball hall of fame one of the newest members in the class of 2023 that was just announced on sunday and it is redbird legend kathy boswell everybody again redbird nation calls you Bos, though i mean does does, does anybody call you kathy (laughs) does anybody call you kathy other than maybe your professors
3: um, I think you you said it right. First of all, hello everyone. It's a it's a great honor to be back and uh, be able to address my Redbird bleed red fans. Um, <laughs> listen, once a Redbird, always a Redbird. We always will bleed red. Um, so I, I guess the boss thing outside of high school and um, uh, the ISU. Uh, community. Um, I've always been known as Boz, and uh, yes, at home um, I have several nicknames: Cat, Kathy. Sometimes they'll do good. My parents go around and say, "Come on, Boz," you know. But um, <laughs> uh, as far as like when I played overseas or um, outside of that, um, I think in the ABL they knew me as Boz. Um, over in Spain and other countries I played in, they called me Kathy and the best way that they could pronounce it, so it came out in different. <laughs> different tones you know it yes. came out petty it came out catchy it came out whatever <laughs> I, I, knew that, I knew that they were talking about me and I, I told them you know I said hey if it's easier for you to say boss and that was even harder so
2: <laughs> <laughs> you said, just that's know okay. that's right you just know to answer you can figure out when they're talking to you that's especially right. if it's mealtime and then you're, right. you're, yeah. you're in business you're all there good to sense. go Yeah. All right. All right. You know, the first thing other than nicknames I have to ask is, where were you? What was your reaction when the Women's Basketball Hall of Fame people called and told you, hey, you're going to be one of the five inducted in this coming April? Where were you? What were you doing? How do you feel?
3: Well, I guess the cat's out of the bag, so now I can tell everything. So <laughs> I had to swear, I had to swear that I wouldn't, you know, um, leak anything out because I guess in the past um, they've had a few problems with that—people being really excited and telling people—and then, of course, you know, with the social media, it just blows up. So you know, ESPN and whoever WBCA lose lose their uh, big big explosion, you know, because it's already been out there. So I was actually told on Wednesday and. I was on my way to um, to visit some friends in uh, Arizona, so I got the phone call in the car, and um, mind you, I'd been nervously waiting. I never imagined it becoming Wednesday. I was thinking, oh, they're going to probably call me maybe Thursday or Friday even, and uh, I got the call, and um, I, I almost had to pull over because <laughs> <laughs> I was I was so excited and full of joy filled with joy that um you know I almost couldn't see my eyes were were filled with tears of joy and um it's just a good feeling to know that so many people have been out there um thinking about me and uh about my accomplishments and um wanting to honor me in this way, which is just the highest honor you can get. So I'm very blessed and I just looked up and said, thank you, God, and um what a great opportunity, what a great time. For me to be inducted. 2023, I said, is my year. I, knew I, was at, <laughs> I was at the door last year. I was pretty close, they told me. Yeah. I was pretty close. So, you know, I said, you know what? It's God's timing, and whenever he says it's right, it's right. So 2022,
2: 23, here I am. <laughs> what a what a class. Former Minnesota Link star Lindsay Whalen. Yes. ESPN yes. analyst and former uh, Purdue coach. We you know her from uh, that uh Carolyn Peck. Uh, former Texas women's athletic director, Donna Lopiano. And even a referee is in your five-member class, WNBA and college referee, Lisa Mattingly. She just worked the Missouri Valley Tournament a couple, three years ago.
3: I know Lisa. I know of her. I know said she, I know we've crossed paths. I know that we've spoken and yes, she is definitely, everyone is just so deserving of this award and this induction. And I'm just really happy to be part of it. All right. I
2: want the Kathy Boswell story. Now you're an Illinois native, grew up in the Joliet area. Yes. How yes. early did you take an interest into sports and was it always basketball? What, what was your athletic background growing up?
3: Well, you know, my mom and dad were, were pretty much um, always and you know, involved in sports in one way. My dad played um, high school football and uh, ba- baseball and basketball. He went to Pontiac. He's from Pontiac, Illinois. And my mom was in Kentucky. She was very active and uh, like she was in the band and just, you know, they always encouraged us as parents to be involved in sports and things like that. And I'm so happy that they, you know, um, introduced us to that world. And also we were we all of us, my sisters and brother, and um, we all play a musical instrument as well. I play the drums. So you know, it, it's it's, all, it's great. Yeah, I be, you
2: know, that's you know, an athletic you know. instrument. So I like it. I <laughs> yes, like it. Is. It, it kind of fits, doesn't
3: it? Let <laughs> me tell you, the days I went down there to pound out some frustration. So,
2: <laughs> as a fellow so, drummer, I can relate. Yes. There you yes. Go. Yes. There yes, you go. yes. Oh yes.
3: Was it so, always um,
2: basketball? Was it? No, was not it all? Really.
3: No, it wasn't. Um, it wasn't like okay, you're gonna, we're gonna, you know, um. Get you started with basketball and that's all you're going to do. No, it was an introduction to all sports. And I think because in the uh, PE curriculums back in the day in, um grade school and, and high school, we had an opportunity to try out different sports and see if we liked it. And uh, matter of fact, in um, in grade school i I was uh I ran track and uh didn't like that too much but i, I tried it you know I did high jump and uh, <laughs> you know didn't like the running part but uh oh. little, little that I know that that would be a big part of my life growing up being a basketball player. And um, I also played volleyball. So, you know, I tried different sports and, you know, I, I, I love sports in general, but on a team, as far as that goes, it was uh, volleyball, basketball and track in junior high. And then in high school, kind of left the track thing behind me and uh, went, <laughs> went into, um, went into uh, basketball and softball. So I, I truly, truly excelled at, at, at softball and basketball because I loved them so much. You know, I left the volleyball behind. I wasn't really, I love to watch it. I love volleyball and I love to play. But I knew that I wanted to focus on softball and basketball. And I had the right people, the right teachers, the right teammates and, and friends around me that encouraged me to keep going in both sports. So um, it was only after high school that um, when I graduated early, from high school, that you know, that's a story in itself. But um, that I decided that um, okay, I'm a, a 16 year old going to college. I think I need to focus on one sport. So let, <laughs> you know, so that's when I made the decision just to to honestly, um, you know, focus on basketball. And at that time, at uh, 14, 15, I was having USA exposure, um, participating in the uh, Junior Olympic Games in the summer. You know, Jill um, got me involved in those. Tryouts and things like that. So that kind of really kind of uh, you know, lit the wick even more, you know, as far (laughs) me more to like focus on basketball. So that's how that whole thing started as a child, you know.
2: Yeah. You said, and I'm glad you mentioned this because I did want to ask, you came to (laughs) Illinois State as a 16-year-old. Yeah. So you 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 uh graduated uh what Juliet West uh high school. Yes. Um, so a 16-year-old heading to play at a division one university and basketball. You have to yeah. tell me how that came out. And obviously we know a little bit because you <laughs> mentioned her name briefly, Jill, right. meaning another hall of famer, Jill yes. Hutchison. Yes. I so can't tell believe i
3: actually up there with her. I cannot believe it. Her, and, I mean, you know, it's just, it's just amazing. It's just to be, you know, in her same presence, she's just such a phenomenal woman and role model and coach and, Friend and I'm just so happy to have had her as as a coach and Melinda stepping in as well when we got her from Eastern. Right. No, that combination I learned so much from from both of them and uh, you know uh, we all have to give our props to to Coach Ramsey for you know doing her bit right her school, the basketball everything she gave um, you know going to ICC and then later you, uh, Illinois State so you know everything is just um, just all tied together and what gave me a lot of, you know, encouragement to push forward. So, so um, yeah, as, as a 16 year old going to college, everybody, how did that happen? Well, <laughs> it, it works out when you have a mother who's a counselor and she could tell you the classes <laughs> that you need.
2: <laughs> she it's wanted incredible. to get you on a fast track. And, but I tell I mean, you, obviously there were coaches, Jill and et cetera, <laughs> who were aware that you were on a fast track because I'm yeah. guessing in the early 80s, um, mm. that was a time when maybe 16-year-olds weren't readily recruited. So how did Jill Hutchison get in touch with you and know to try to land you at Illinois State University? Well, I think um,
3: I, I'd gone to a couple of basketball camps and I got to know some of the players down there. And I just really love the feel of, of um, Illinois State for me. You know, um, there's history there. My dad went there for two years um, before he transferred. Um, and then my oldest sister went there. And I thought, you know, I'm kind of young. And, and I know I have, um, at that time, I was being kind of kind of highly recruited by a lot of schools. I remember having a shoebox of letters. <laughs> <laughs> I would just put in there, put in there, you know, and, and I look back on it. I wish I had that shoe back box because there were some big name schools in there. And, um, you know, I, I, I said, okay, I'll set these aside. But, um, you know, my thought process was I'm going to, if I leave early, which was started to come into my mind after we won the state tournament in uh, 1978. And, um, I, you know, started going to summer camps and basketball and I felt like I wanted to, you know, um, improve my level, you know, cause I had Olympics on the mind back then. I mean, there, there was even a, a, hmm. um, a reporter after we won state and said, you know, so, you know, what, what does Kathy Boswell see for the future? And I said, I want to be in the Olympics. I want to win a gold medal. You know, I was just, you know, kind of like putting it out there in the universe. So, um, so I guess that's what got the fast track going in my mind. Um, I thought about, you know, I'd be kind of young for 1980, but if 1983 um, and I graduate, I'll have a year to prepare uh, for 84. And I'll also know what I need to do from 1980 because I was pretty close. I was pretty close. I think I was like 17th or 18th player. And um, that kind of like, you know, really sparked me. And I said, okay, so uh, I need to do some work if I need to beat some of these players out. And I tell you that uh, anyone could have been chosen because it was such a high caliber of athletes that were competing for 12 spots. I tell you that. Um, but I knew I was pretty young in 1980. So, uh, I used, you know, it was very sad that they didn't get to, to play in the Olympics with the boycott and everything. But, um, I used that as like a, a base model to say, okay, from here, I've got to go here way, way up if I want to make the 84 team. So, um, that's kind of what catapulted me, um, right into, uh, uh, Illinois state's arms, I should say, you know,
2: and yeah. Uh, yeah. And then obviously the legendary career at, uh, Illinois state university. And that I, I want to continue with that international flair, because you still had the connection then with Jill Hodgson the year before you did make the Olympic team. Yes. How, how big was that? And to have your college coach, then have you on the international stage that must have been what maybe did the deal for 1984 for you
3: I think when I went to those tryouts and um, you know I had worked my heart out like after college I know that I wasn't quite I I didn't really feel like I was like totally over the top I felt like I was there and that I could work hard to get on the team but um, I, I landed exactly where I I should have, right? I didn't make the Pan American team that year, which is usually the Olympic team, but I made the World University Games, which was going to be coached by Hutch. So Jill, so I said, um, what better place, you know, but I knew in my head and in my heart, I was like, she's going to be tough as nails on me because, you know, I'm her player and, you know, it can't look like favorite, whatever. And, And it's never been like that. I've always had to work for everything. You know, if I not playing well sit me down you know um that's why you know i love that opportunity and you know i tried to prepare myself mentally for it and it was tough um i would have liked to have played um a little better but i think I, i did some good things i did some good things and we got the gold medal as a team we played very well and um suffered a little bit but in the end we came through and got that gold medal so I think using that, and then knowing, you know, she knew that I was going overseas after that because uh, what was there to do? There was the, right. the WBL was iffy, was sketchy, and they didn't really have anything really professionally um, prepared for for athletes uh, in the United States in order to to play at a tough, a higher level. So I thought to myself, I need to play internationally because that's what the Olympics do—they play against teams from different countries and this and that. So here I am at twenty, and I'm. I'm trutsing off to uh, to Germany. And um, all I know is, you know, I, I don't know a lick of German, but, you know, I'm hoping that people speak English. And no one on my team spoke English except for one girl. Oh,
2: and, oh um, my.
3: But I, I picked it up. I picked it up pretty fast because, you know, especially you pick up the, um, the terminology for basketball, things like that, like run fast, Chanel, Chanel, you know. I just saw everybody <laughs> taking off. I'm like, oh, that must be run fast. So, <laughs>
2: <laughs> And you had to do the same thing in what? That's Italy, right. Spain, yes. Greece, Brazil. Yes. And the last yes. time I checked, those were all different languages. So the same thing just four more times. Yes.
3: Yes. And also I played in Barcelona in the second division later on and uh, they spoke uh, Catalan. So I I picked up a little (laughs) bit of Catalan and, you know, everywhere I went, you know, it just became a thing. I said, you know, I want to I want to be able to, you know, show the appreciation for me having this opportunity playing in the country. Um, you know, I am the, the, you know, the foreigner of the team. So, you know, I got to work twice as hard and keep my contract and be a good teammate and, you know, make our team, you know, better. And uh, I want to do that by being able to have conversations with people, with with my teammates and making sure we're on the same, you know, page. So, you know, I just made it a a thing to, you know, the countries I go to, I learned to speak the languages. So, hey, it turned out, to help me out
2: in the end. So. <laughs> basketball is universal anyway, right? Yes, so there it you is. go. Yes, it there, is. Put the round thing
3: in
2: the round thing. That's <laughs> right. We say it a lot around here. You bet. That's
3: right. That's right. You
2: know, before, and again, we were with Redbird legend Kathy Boswell, one of the newest, soon to be members of the women's basketball. Hall of Fame she'll go into the Hall of Fame the induction ceremony is at the hall in Knoxville Tennessee on April the 29th and and Boz, I wanted to ask you because you know a body can only play so long which is a long time you played 24 yeah. years uh, yeah. if i'm not long mistaken long at the professional level yes. uh, it, but you you know you stayed with the game as a coach head coach yeah. even as an assistant coach coming back yeah. to Illinois state for a couple <laughs> of years yeah. so how what sort of things did you bring to your coaching game? In other words, you had the experience, and sometimes yeah. people say those who can't coach or those who can't do coach, well, you right. could do, and you uh-huh. could also coach. So what what did you bring to the table as a coach and try to instill in your players? I
3: think more than anything, I tried to focus on, um, you know, apart from the fundamentals, and I tried to bring um, a little bit of uh, Europe over to United States and that mentality, that work mentality. And, you know, cause when I first went over there as a pro, it was, we were standing out, you know, all of the foreigners were, you know, the Americans, because at that time they allowed Americans and it, it wasn't open, the Bosman rule and all that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we, we helped, I, I, I have to say we did help the level and, and they would say it as well, the level of plague, go up in Spain. And now you see where Spain is. Now you see where all these countries are that have had endless and endless of, of uh, Americans and, and now foreigners um, from, you know, um, other countries come in and help the level of basketball. So I would say that bringing back a little bit of that mentality, um, you know, a few drills that are different, like, you know, I could just say one that you would be like, oh yeah, like the Euro step. You know what I mean? That was introduced, <laughs> you know, in the United States. And everybody's like, what's that? You know, years and years and years ago. But like the <laughs> European players that have come over here and have like shown some techniques and things and the vision of how to see the game. So I try and instill some of that in my coaching. And and I also work on the mental piece a lot, you know, um, I remember as a player, it, w- it was hard sometimes to get over the hill when when you had a slump or things like that. And, you know, just trying to help them and the psychological piece of it. And, um, you know, that's what I want to make my focus on, you know, as far as like getting back into speaking and, and helping, you know, young athletes and, um, you know, girls and women that are, you know, mm-hmm. going into the professions and things like that, to. You know, sometimes you have to go into a waiting period and, you know, get yourself together and get your thoughts together and be able to come out, you know, with a boom and, and um, you know, give all of your experience and your life stories, you know, put them all together to be able to help someone else, you know, with someone that paid it forward to me. So now I'm paying it forward to others. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's BYTE.com. That's B Y T E.com. Start your confidence journey today with BYTE.
2: We are with Redbird legend Kathy Boswell, one of the newest inductees into the Women's Basketball Hall of Fame. Our visit continues with Boz here in just a little bit. But, Redbird fans, all good things start with wholesome ingredients. Visit Jason's Deli in Normal on Veterans Parkway today and receive free ice cream with every purchase. Jason's deli in normal. All part of in the Nest from Learfield and the Redbird Sports Network. And also remember, mark your calendars for the redbird Support your Sport challenge. It runs Monday, December 5th through Friday, December 9th. and the challenge is a week-long competition as ISU varsity sport teams compete to win their share of $2,000 in prizes in two categories. Most donors and most dollars raised. The challenge is an effort to increase support for current Redbird student athletes and their efforts in the classroom and in competition. Gifts will go directly to your team of choice. Go to hatch.illinoisstate.edu/slash pages/slash support/your-sport to donate today, or just call Katherine Brucken at 309-438-0089. It's the Redbirds Support Your Sport Challenge. I'm Greg Hallbleib. In the Nest continues the official Illinois State Redbird Athletics podcast. Hey. Kathy Boswell is with <laughs> us right now. And, uh, Boz, it's such a pleasure to talk to you. And I can't, I've heard we were with women's basketball while we were in Las Vegas and then heard the news of your induction and it was just a what a wonderful weekend just capped off by that that great news so i hope and i know it makes your heart proud but yes. you know i'm i'm looking at women's athletics today women's basketball mm-hmm. and yeah. women's basketball from 40 years ago tell me about differences <laughs> and some of the things that maybe you had to go through And maybe be a trailblazer and break some ground that I think the athletes of today should know. What comes to mind when we bring up that topic?
3: Wow, you're talking about 40 years. That's a layered, (laughs) layered question. (laughs) I'm good at those. Well, yeah, you're really good at that. Um, I have to say, um, I'd have to start with me being at the cusp of Title IX, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, so being able to, you know, compete in a, a state championship, I was in the first and the second one for Illinois. So, you know, that's, that's a start. Um, you know, it, it gave me a lot of pride to know that, you know, that I, I could compete in something like this or women could compete in something like this and, um, you know, be marked down for history. You know, we, we, we started the first you know, championship, state championship, high school championship in Illinois. So that's a privilege to be part of that group, you know, privilege and an honor. And the fact that we, we didn't win the first year, but the second year we won. And, um, I always got a big stickler about that. Cause I don't like how it was at, you know, U of I, I wanted it to be at ISU, but that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. That happened. And then, you know, like I said, in the speech at the, um, when I came back at ISU, I said, you know, we finally made it back to ISU, like where it began. So um, differences. Oh, God, I, I we I can go into rules and regulations. I can go into uniforms. I can go into conditions. How about, conditions. Styles, how, about
2: you know? yeah, how about conditions and respect? I think because oh, and yeah. this oh, just came definitely. into the play in the news mm-hmm. not long ago when a women's tournament yeah. in Las Vegas was played in a ballroom. It's still the chase for. Yeah, equal. Uh, Respect and, and mm-hmm. equality and yeah. that sort of yeah. thing. And it, it yeah. wasn't equal when you started. And uh, maybe no. it's still no. taking a while to get there. You know, and that's well, what I, I mean.
3: Yeah, it's it's still taking a while, you know, and it feels like in a lot of ways we take um we get a big victory, we take 10 or 15 steps forward, and then something happens, something comes out, and you know, like what you said, then then we they get the women in the ballroom playing or something like that, and then we take another 15, 20 steps back. So it's, it's really hard. It's like we're climbing up a slippery slope. And every time we get up there where we feel like we're going to make that fight, that step to progress, you know, we slip down a little bit and then, but we keep fighting and we keep, we keep fighting and, and, and players trailblazers from the past. And we just keep, you know, if we have to get under the younger ones and push them up and help keep pushing them up that Hill, we're going to keep doing that. We're going to keep doing that because there's no way that at this point, day and time that there's still still issues of you know equality and everything, everything, pay and, you know, conditions, things like that. That should not even be, you know, that should not even be a question. You know, and a lot of people say, yeah, but the salaries, do you think the WNBA should pay get paid as much as the NBA and this and that? It's like, look, the NBA is an institution that's been around forever. Forever. Yeah. WNBA's got some tenure now. We're 25, 26, 27 years, you know, and how many months do they play? You know, how many games do they play? Oh, yes. But it's all about the uh, the, the audience. You know, we want to see them dunk. You know, we want to see them do this. <laughs> and like women are we, some women can dunk. Yeah. Physically, we can dunk. We change the ball, our shooting, our percentages are, you know, the game is exciting. I said, if you can't accept the game the way it is, you know, then you'll never like women's basketball. Because we are not the men. The men have a different style of play. They have a different, you know, fan base that they draw. And I said, even if it takes us a thousand years, if we just keep doing what we do, you know, and keep putting the ball in the basket, more people are going to, you know, embellish that love for women's basketball and just accept it as is. We're getting some incredible athletes, incredible. More and more girls are dunking you know, but are we, st- are we filling the stadiums like everybody thought because we have this girl that can duck, you know, um, it's just an acceptance, I think. And I think, you know, if we just keep catering to the young athletes and you know keeping them grounded and saying, hey, you can, you know, there's a chance for you to play WMEA, but if you don't or if you can't, you can play overseas. You know, there's a play, you know, there's a team, there's teams everywhere in Europe that will give you that experience, give you that traveling, seeing the world, playing basketball, doing something you love, seeing the world, you know? So yeah, you know, I have seen a lot of changes, but, you know, at the same time I've seen a lot of, you know, setbacks. So, you know. It's, it's hard. It's a difficult time, but we have to but, keep fighting.
2: Yeah, but approach it, and then let's attack that from the positive side. Mm-hmm. Certainly yeah. there have been strides made. I mean, and That's you right. have to be proud of those because oh, you're sure. at the ground level. For sure.
3: Oh, my goodness. Yeah, big strides made. Um, you know, social media plays a big part of that as well. You know, um, <laughs> you can get your hands on, you know, games. And, you know, just, just a big part of getting, you know um, – getting exposure for for women out there it's been huge and the fact that we've had some humongous humongous like star athletes like Serena Williams in tennis and you know what I mean that, that we just can't be denied anymore you know what I mean it's like you know and I just named her just because you know in tennis that's like she's all everything the god the goddess you know
2: it's <laughs> right right, <laughs> and, you know, right. And
3: now, now we have women goats you know we have this goat that goat of course Michael Jordan you know hey you're a goat but we also have goats you know so it's just, you know, just that privilege of seeing how women are having more opportunities, okay, way more opportunities to um, you know, to to um what do I want to say? More opportunities to make um women's basketball um special and to be at the level that it that it needs to be. You know what I mean? Sure. It was yeah. Like it was it was a it was crazy that in nineteen seventy eight we pretty much filled that stadium um in u of i for the for the girls high school championship and it's been you know uh and I think really the at the first few games or free few years people were more curious than anything, so sure. curiosity got them to the uh you know to the gym and filled it up but um yeah, we're looking at filled arenas all around the United States for college women's basketball which was something unheard of. You had your grandma and your grandpa and a few neighbors that would come, you know, and in the old days, you know, just to, you know, as a joke. But now you see, you know, these stadiums are filled and, you know, um teams are and are getting the props that they need to get,
2: you know. So it's a
3: very proud moment to see, you know, the level of women's basketball.
2: And I know you've been a recent part of the Illinois State program, but it has to do your heart proud to see the strides that the program continues to make
3: oh definitely definitely you know like every program you go through um you know your 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 um hard seasons you go through seasons that are you know phenomenal you go through your your uh uh, championships you go through your leagues you know Hmm. and and you know coaches come coaches go Um, We've had great coaches coming in and and out, and they've all left their mark, you know, at Illinois State University. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like I said, when I was there and we didn't have so great of a record, but we all just kept fighting, 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 and trying to lay a a ground for someone to come in maybe and, um, you know, just push the program where it should, you know, back to up again where it should be. But that happens in a lot of programs. And, you know, and we we all learn from it. I learned definitely from that. And um I was just happy to have the chance to be able to, you know, be at my alma mater. And um oops, sorry about that. Did we cut off? Nope, uh, you are fine. You're there. still there. My battery, You're... my battery. Yeah. Oh, we what got you get, you? Yeah. <laughs> So you know, I, I was just glad that I was able to, you know, have um people surrounding me that were really just, um, supporting me and, you know, saying, Hey, we appreciate you coming back and taking this chance to come and, and, and try and be, you know, and be a college assistant basketball coach. Cause this is a whole new world for you. Um, and we're here to support you. And, um, I was really you know, excited that I had that support group. And I, I like I said, I learned so much. It's so different from European coaching. Cause you know, mm. I was a head coach over in Europe and, um, you know, just two different styles, two different ways to look at, you know, how to coach and how to handle a club team and a college team. But um, like I said, I grew from that experience and um, I have been dabbling a little bit in high school and a little bit in college. And at the moment, I'm at uh, MiraCosta Community College helping out um, a good friend from mine from a, uh, from the past. Um, <laughs> she coaches up at uh, MiraCosta Community College and her name is Lori Bird. She and I played together on the very first Junior Olympics team in Colorado Spring for Midwest, for the Midwest. Wow. So, and we hadn't seen each other in years. So we found out we were, you know, in the same vicinity and she said, Hey, would you like to come on up and maybe, you know, help me coach a little bit. So that was awesome. So that's what I'm doing right now as well. It's fun to make these connections again, you know? So
2: Oh man, a hooper has just got a hoop. Right. Yeah. I mean,
3: yeah. That.
2: That's it. That's it. Yeah, uh, you still, you know. In conclusion, because we're just about out of time, it just sounds like your passion and your love for the game itself mm-hmm. is still burning hot. And and I, I, I oh, know you do sure. some speaking also, right? Are you are you yes. still like doing some yeah. speaking? So you're yeah, able to translate that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what keeps it alive? What What fuels that?
3: Oh God, passion. I think just the passion for the game. It's, um, never gets old. I never lose that feeling of the passion for the game and wanting to, um, be out there. Like a lot of times I, I'm out there, like yesterday I was practicing with the boys and I had to step in on one of the drills and, uh, my body reminded me later when I got home that... <laughs> I can't move like that anymore. But you know, at the at the moment that that I saw that I needed to step in and and be this kid's partner, I didn't think of that. I didn't think, oh my God, my body's gonna be no. I just stepped right up and went did the running drill with him. You know, but um, that's that passion, that 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 fire that will never, you know, go out. It's like that Olympic flame, that Olympic torch burning inside me all the times. All
2: time. <laughs> is is and and I'll make this the final question then. Uh, Give some advice to up and coming athletes. What what is the there's no secret to success because mm-hmm. there yeah. if it was a secret, we wouldn't have as many successful people. So right. what's your what's your best advice to the young ones that are continuing to come up and grow our game?
3: I would say keep yourself grounded, be humble. Be willing to learn. Um, Never forget how you got where you got, you know, who are the people that put you there? Give them their props Um, and and continue to work on the basics and the fundamentals, because when it comes down to it, it can look as pretty as ever. But if you can't make a basket or get to the basket or, or defend the way you want to defend, then, you know, then you're you're missing out. You're missing out. So keep your keep your goals and your dreams alive and, um, you know, go after them 100 percent. Don't let anybody try and talk you out of it. Don't let anybody try to ever talk you out of it. If you have something that you see that you've made in a vision board that that you're going towards, then that's your goal and you have to go for it because
2: dreams do come true. Advice from a Hall of Famer, one of the newest <laughs> women's basketball Hall of Famers, already a Redbird and Missouri Valley Conference legend, Kathy Boswell. Boz, such a joy. Thanks so much. It's great to talk Good to here. you. And congratulations, not just from all of us speaking here, but all of Redbird Nation is just so very proud. You enjoy oh. Thank you so
3: much. I really enjoyed speaking with you. And, uh, hey, I give my props to Redbird Nation. Go Redbirds! All right.
2: Kathy Boswell going into the Women's Basketball Hall of Fame on April 29th of 2023, one of a five-member class. I'm Greg Hallbleib. And you've been listening to the official podcast of Illinois State Redbird Athletics in the Nest on the Xfinity Mobile Redbird Sports Network
1: from Learfield. This has been In the Nest, the Illinois State Athletics podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review however you listen. The preceding has been a Learfield presentation on the Xfinity Mobile Redbird Sports Network.